All right, welcome to this edition of Morgan the Ask For Podcast, Wednesday night, September 20th, ready for week four of the college football season for both Iowa State and week three for the NFL. I apologize in advance, everybody. I, I do not feel the best, my throat, coughing, sneezing. So if you hear me do that, I apologize in advance. Trev, how you doing? Where are you at tonight? Doing good. I'm uh, in Pueblo, Colorado here at a hotel. Uh, had dinner with some customers a little bit ago, but yeah, you kind of sound like what I had over the weekend. I Mine wasn't quite as bad, but I kind of had a scratchy throat and runny nose. Mine, mine will last a couple of days, thankfully, so hopefully you get better soon. Yeah, that's what, uh, big big weekend coming up of, of golf, so hopefully it uh, it uh, will go away soon, and I'm sure it will, but uh, first, uh, you know, let's kind of go Iowa State really not a lot to talk about about last week's game. Iowa did what they were supposed to do. Um, you know, the, the big thing with them is they, they scored that 41 points, got over the 25-point-a-game threshold. You know, that's kind of the punching bag story. Did you see that AI simulation of um, Brian Ferentz, um, where he was talking and, and everything and how they've done this a few times, Dabo Sweeney, and where – you know, they can use that AI simulation. I I do not understand how it all works, but they can put splice together a, a press conference they did have, and it looks and sounds like they're talking. Um, obviously, they're not, and they make it, you know. But did you see that on the internet or anything, Trevor? I saw the Dabo one a couple weeks ago or whatever it was. The Brian Ferentz I haven't seen, and then the, Mac, uh, the Campbell one I haven't seen either. We'll, we'll talk about Campbell here in yep. a little bit, but – I haven't seen it, but yeah, I I did see the Dabo one two or three weeks ago, whatever it was, and yeah, it's it's funny, but it's a little scary what they could do too at the yeah, same that, time. I mean, a lot of people believe the videos when they see them, you know. Yeah, yeah, the first time you see them, and and then you know when you you look at them close, you can you can finally see it. But you know, at at first glance, it definitely looks like they're doing it and stuff, and you know, and and I'm with you. It, it's a little bit scary because you know when's it going to be where you know someone's going to have to say, hey, that was not me. I did not say that. You know. I think we're uh, we're not too far from that. I don't think. Right, and you know, and a lot of people are looking to get out of different contracts and everything else like that. And I think the Mel Tucker situation is a little bit like that. They signed him to a ten-year, ninety-five million-dollar contract, and you know, I'm not saying what he did was right, whatever, but they found a way, and and they're using that way to get out of that contract. I'm pretty sure that's so. Um, has nothing to do with AI or anything, but uh, he made very poor choices. But, you know, when you are getting paid that much, you're held to a higher standard. And if someone can figure out how to do that and then not admit that it was kind of a hoax, um, it could get some people in trouble in a hurry. And also a, a warning sign to college or any pro team quit signing coaches or players to 10-year deals. Yeah. Just stop doing that because it – hardly ever ends out good. Right. Um, but bad teams are 
you know, bad organizations usually do dumb things. So quit with these eight, 10 year deals and, you know, right. and, and that might never happen, but uh, yeah, what Mel Tucker did was, was pretty stupid. That was his own doing it. It sounds like uh, from my understanding, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was actually a pretty good, pretty interesting weekend for college football, even though the slate of games didn't quite look like they were going to be up to par. No. And that, and that's, I was listening to some people on the radio this week and that's, what I said, you know, college sports and, you know, and, you know, with the writer strike and, and I'll be honest, I don't pay attention a lot of that stuff. I don't watch, I would say what I would call normal TV or shows like on ABC or CBS on a regular basis. I don't watch those shows, but you know, like Monday night football has been moved to ABC all year because of the writer strike. Cause they're not making new shows. Um, but live sports just is so valuable and that's where they're spending so much time with that and so much money that even on a down week of college football and, and, you know, let's kind of go ahead and get that Colorado, Colorado state game. You're right there. Um, how much buzz was there before that game? There was a lot. I mean, you, you could see it in the pregame shows. If you just yep. watch those alone, yep. which I thought was pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of people getting annoyed with it. I like it. Cause I think it shows off the state of Colorado. Um, give CU some uh, some attention. Obviously, Colorado State had a little bit because of the Norvell comments, which probably weren't that bad, but they built it into something, which is yeah. they should do because it, it got the hype up. I saw it was the most streamed college football game in the history of ESPN. Now, streaming has only been around for so many years, but the right. fact that it's Colorado, Colorado State, and that game, I think local time, I was up to almost one or maybe after 1 a.m. It so was late. It was, it was late. late. I was stayed up and watched it, but it was late. Um, mm. It didn't start till really late. Um, yeah, I stayed up and watched it, and I would have been one of those streamers. Um, that's what I do with the Roku that I watch everything. So, um, yeah, it was a great football game. Colorado State has to be kicking themselves. They had it, ninety-eight yards. Uh, just have to stop them. They sat back in that cover too, and Sanders shred them apart. Yeah, Sanders. He's uh, he's been pretty clutch this year. You know, played a Big 12 opponent, Big 10, and now Colorado State, the rival. Uh, they, they still can't run the ball, which I don't know if you want to get into full Colorado right now. Let's go um, ahead. Yep. Yeah. And the thing I wanted to say about Colorado is they've – the problem is they've already exceeded expectations for the year, but okay. we're only three weeks, three games in. So I expect them to lose our next two. Right. Because the, the teams are going to play just have more depth and more of the big guys up front. Yep. And through three games – Colorado is one of the best passing teams in NCAA, but they cannot run. I think they're 129th in NCAA in rushing. That's probably going to be a problem the next two weeks, I would assume. Yeah. So a little bit of a reality check, but, you know, we talked before the season, I thought three or four wins would be pretty good for them. Yeah. Now I think they can get to six or maybe even seven if they can maybe squeak out a win versus Washington State or Oregon State. We'll see what happens. But now it looks like they have probably two or three more wins on the schedule left. But a little bit of a reality check. People will overreact now the opposite way. Dion will suck uh, if they lose the next two games, which I think they will. But yeah. they've already overachieved for this year. And, and Joel Clapper brought up a good point today. He said this year that they're going to be – whatever their ceiling is this year, that's as bad as they're going to be under Dion. Yeah. They're going to be much better next year. So people have to have realistic expectations of the team. The media is – making it out to be a bigger deal than a little bigger deal than it is, but it's kind of fun. It's different. It's not just Alabama and Ohio state and Oklahoma controlling the headlines and Clemson. There's a little bit of, there's some other teams out there. Dion obviously 
is controlling the storylines, but it's a, it's something new. Yep. And you know, as an Iowa state fan, and we'll get into Iowa state here next, watching them do this and watching them throw the ball and have good offense or defense is bad. You know, it, it's bad. Um, it just is like, what are we doing on offense? But I was the same way. And we've said it many times on this. I and Iowa State are just so much alike. Our coaches are alike. And Iowa State, again, this last week, horrible loss to Ohio. No excuse. There's no reason to ever get beat like that. We ran less than 50 plays again. So two out of the three weeks, we ran less than 50 offensive plays. Now, new timing rules. The other team is slowing the game down. And then our offense is putrid. We average 1.7 yards a rush against Ohio. That's not good. Um, our offensive line is god-awful. And that's... It's been bad since Matt Campbell took over, and it's got not gotten any better. We had a new O-line coach. Now, hopefully, you know, maybe they're trying it his way or trying it the old way, and maybe they'll go to his new way. I don't watch it that close. I don't... I haven't paid that much attention to the offensive line. But what I noticed too is we don't have just the straight up skill guy just to beat anybody. You know, sometimes you just got to throw the ball up and let your guy go get him. Get it. We don't do that. We don't even try that. Um, and so offensively, we've got to do some things different. Um, and it's it's becoming worrisome that we're not doing that, you know, against Iowa in the fourth quarter, we're down two scores and we go down and we score a touchdown and we get the ball back with two minutes left, ready to, you know, to have a chance to win. But we wait till the fourth quarter last week, same thing. We're down two scores. We get a touchdown with throwing the football. We're not running it. And then, you know, and again, we throw an interception, you know, the Iowa game, we got stopped on fourth down this one. We had an interception, but we're waiting till the fourth quarter to do anything different. And I think we were so stubborn that that needs to be called into question that we need to throw the ball to be able to run the ball. I mean, I know you know what that means, and mm-hmm. most of our fans here do. We can't just line up and run the football. It's been proven over three weeks now. So we have to throw the ball to run it. So get him back there in shotgun, let him throw it around the first quarter, and then maybe we can get some runs. Yeah, <laughs> you're finding out what it feels like to be a, a fan of Iowa with, with the offense, yeah. it sounds like, there at, at Iowa State. So, yeah, it, sometimes you do got to take some chances. Like you said, throw the ball to open up the run. It used to be for years, run the ball to open up the, the passing game, and it works both ways, though, like you, what you said. So, yeah, sometimes you got to take some chances. Um you know, Matt Campbell is uh, not on a hot seat. I don't think he's on a hot seat. I don't think he should be, but he's under a little bit of scrutiny. And I want to get your opinion on it because to me, I'll, I'll get my opinion after yours, but to me, it wasn't as big of a deal as it's being made out to be. But I'll let you talk on it first. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the fan interaction there, the fan was an idiot and a douchebag and a moron. You don't do that. His reaction was also bad. But he is our person. He is a human. I would have done the same. I mean, I would have had a hard time not doing the same thing. Every single person in the right mind, you know, when you get challenged, when you're a competitive person, 
you want the, these guys are all type A personality. All the players, all the coaches. When someone challenges you or, or questions your manhood, whatever you want to say, you stand up and hey, let's go, boys. You know, I think people would be shocked at how many fights there are in practice between teammates and sometimes friends and roommates in in both pro and high school and college football. I don't maybe not so much in high school, but college and pro football. Because they're all just super competitive people. And that's what it was. I don't find a problem with it. I actually kind of like it because he's he's very much a robot in front of people. And it shows a little fight and a little, you know, he's got some feelings. And he came out and said, hey, I'm not a perfect person. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. He had to apologize, has to be better. And he does. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But overall, I didn't see a big problem with it. I get if you're running if you're running down the street for a jog and someone questions you you're going to turn around and, and do something that's just, as a person I think that's kind of how I feel about it I didn't think it was that big of a deal to turn around and you know make eye contact or whatever to me that's too many people run their mouths now in person and social media I'm kind of old school at that as you probably know so yeah. uh, not saying he should have ran back and decked him in the face but to stop and turn around and be like what do you say. I'm I'm right there with you. I like it. I didn't think you needed to come out and apologize, but of course that's how today's world is. You have to, you know, just to please everybody and make everybody feel like this is a Disney movie that we're living in, even though we're not. But I, I didn't, I, I agree with you. I, it showed a little bit of, uh, you know, he's ticked off. The team's probably ticked off. The fan base is, uh, and rightfully so, but it showed, like you said, he wasn't a robot in that moment. He showed a little emotion. All he did was turn around, took a step, they put a hand on him, you know, like, hey, you know, calm down. That was it. Yeah. To me, not not that big of a deal. No, and then, you know, for the first time, I don't know if you watched the the press conference uh, right after the game, he called out his offensive line um, and called out his team. Ohio wanted it more, embarrassing performance, performance by the offensive line, and he usually does not do that. So he knows – they're either not performing up to the standard of their ability or something's going on in there. Um, and then I think maybe a little bit we were passing judgment a little bit on how much the gambling really is affecting Iowa State. Starting quarterback, starting running back aren't playing for you this year. And a starting offensive lineman won't be back for three more weeks. Starting tight end. Most teams, that'd be really hard when you're counting on them being back. It's not like they were all graduating. You know, when Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, um, um, Cole, you know, Charlie Kohler and uh, Chase Allen were all graduating. They knew they were all done. I mean, it was, you could plan for it. You knew it was happening. They're all done with eligibility. These guys were all supposed to be on the team. They went through spring ball as part of the team. As far as I know. And then all of a sudden they're not. And. I think it's just getting a little bit. It's coming back to hurt them more than we thought it was going to. Because, you know, everybody's like, well, they were four and eight last year. They weren't very good. But how much better were they going to be this year? You know, we're starting over again at quarterback. We're starting over again at running back. 
So I don't know, but I, I just think yeah. that the gambling is coming back to get Iowa state now in, in retrospect. Yeah, it, it does seem like it is. And losing a quarterback and a running back and an offensive lineman that you expect to be starters, all of a sudden they're not, but that is a lot to overcome. And I, I hope they can get it turned around. Um, I think Matt Campbell's good for Iowa state, good for the state of Iowa, just in general. So I do hope that they can get it turned around, but you know, as far as that little incident, I just wanted to touch on because I, I didn't think it was big of a deal. No. You know, the internet trolls out there trying to make him into be this terrible guy, and all he did really was turn around and say what or whatever. That was about the yeah. end of it. Not to me, not a big deal. Right. And, and I was listening to you know Cyclone Fanatic, and so you know take that for what it's worth today. And if you look at statistically, I and Iowa State's favored again by three points. If you look at the offense and defensive numbers, Iowa State should win this game against Oklahoma State more than they should have last week. Um, Oklahoma State's bad. I've now, that. Iowa State, I think, is not good. Borderline bad. So who knows? Um, but, you know, if you're going to have a team to play after the debacle in Ohio, it's probably about as good as you can have. That's at home, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's what my dad's going to go with my brother and his girls. So that's what we're not. Yeah. That's definitely need to get to a W there, get back things back on track and get, get that positive momentum going uh, for the Cyclones there. Yeah. So um, now let's move on to Iowa. Like we said, there's really nothing to talk about last week. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. Uh, Slow start, I would say. And, you know, really the only question is McNamara is not playing well, I don't think. Um, again, I stand by this. He's hurt. And they're not gonna come He's... out and they're not gonna come out and say it. He's hurt. He he is not I would say he's less than 80%. Now he still looks better than Petrus, still can do a lot of things, but he is not Cade McNamara from Michigan right now. And with him not being 100% and the three injuries on the offensive side of the ball, they've got a tall, tall task Saturday night in Happy Valley. I agree with you. Cade uh, is not healthy. He's still better than Petrus. Uh, he's, he still can put the ball in the right spot or close to the right spot. Petrus couldn't even get the ball to go in the air sometimes. So I, I just worry that this Cade injury is going to last the entire season, but it is what it is. It's football. The only, the really only thing I noticed from the Western Michigan game is, I think Western Michigan had uh, had three plays of close to thirty yards or more. Yeah, they, they had a, a few big plays, which that is a staple of Iowa's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so got to got to cut that out if we're going to have a chance to win at Penn State. Now, before the season, I liked our chances, I, not great, but I did pick us to win. Now with these injuries to tight end, running backs, Cade's hurt. Iowa's going to have basically zero room for error going into Happy Valley penalty is going to have to be four or less probably i mean you can maybe have one false start uh you can't turn the ball over defense defense is i think they've had a turnover every game i could be wrong but they haven't had a big turnover game yet this year we're going to need that we're going to need two or three interceptions a two or three sack game maybe a block punt maybe a trick play but we're going to need to steal some extra possessions somehow to win a happy valley yeah, and it's a whiteout, and then you know, kind of really the story of it is they're wearing black pants, you know, the, the black helmet, white uh, top, 
and then black pants, not their gold, not their traditional gold pants. Um, first time since before 1979 that they're wearing not those Tiger Hawk Steeler. So Hayden before Hayden Fry took over. I like the black pants and the socks and the in the cleats mm-hmm. from the video I saw. I, I like the look of it, so I'm I'm all for it. I don't know if it's going to help us any, but <laughs> right. I think I think I think it's a cool look, uh, jersey aspect wise. But no, we I've been to a game at Penn State before the year that Sash was playing in Claiborne, blocked the punt, and I went in there and won. It's it's arguably the coolest stadium. I think I've been close to 20 D1 stadiums over the years, and Penn State has a, a real argument being the, the best I've ever been to. You, you've been to Tennessee too, right? Tennessee, Tennessee was pretty cool, but it's just a big round bulk. Or not a bulk, yeah. but it's just – it's a lot of people. But I would say Penn State is the most unique setup. Notre Dame was really cool just because of the history. But but Penn State is, is definitely loud. I mean, there's no question about it, so – it's going to be a tough environment for the Hawkeyes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, it, it's a tough, tough task for the Hawks, uh, but Hey, CBS and, you know, a couple other stats I heard CB first time Iowa has been on CBS since 1997. Uh, they played Arizona state out at Arizona state in 1997 on CBS. Um, and then another regular season. Now they've been in the sun bowl that has been on CBS. Um, and then they also were on CBS, um, 1985 with the number one versus number two Michigan game. They were on CBS. So that's still weird for me to hear big 10 on CBS. It's C it's SEC. Yeah. When I, when I, we're going to get in here to end college football, but there's a lot of big games coming this weekend. I saw Iowa Penn state CBS. I'm like, I had to think to myself there for a few seconds. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that, is that normal? Or am I misremembering? I'm like, no, CBS is. They usually would play on a different network. So well, and then next week they play on NBC. I mean, yeah. so it's so it's weird. Usually it's one or the other. You know, it's like, yeah, but that's it's good for the Hawks and the Big Ten. That TV deal is really, really good. And that's why these games still last forever, even though it's the games are actually going faster, the game times take just as long because of more commercials. Yeah, more commercials, and that's that's where that extra money comes in at. And I don't I don't know how they're going to fix it. They're probably not going to fix it or they're going to adjust it somehow, but I don't have the answer on that one yet. Right. Um, the NFL has it right though. The NFL just says, we're going to do this. And if you don't like it, we'll go to another network, but the NFL has that power. They <laughs> they do have that power. Um, but this, this next week, I mean, oh, there's big, a ton of, Notre ton Dame, games. Ohio state is uh, the real deal too. We're going to looking forward to that one. There's there's Notre Dame's looked good. Ohio State has looked fine. I mean, but Ohio State usually is looking to be a top three team in the country right now, you know, so far, and, and they haven't really looked that. They might be, but they've just kind of slow motion through it and everything, and we're going to find out. It's in South Bend, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yep. So we're we're going to find out. One, one of those teams is, is going to get a loss, and it's it, it won't – ruin their uh, playoff chances just like you know Alabama Texas that's why these teams can play these games because neither one of the this game does not ruin either one of these team seasons they go win their conference Notre Dame goes undefeated the rest of the way they are fine yeah especially once we get to 12 teams but this year in particular we're still at four but yeah it's it's gonna be interesting at Ohio State's favorite by three it is in South Bend they're at Notre Dame 
I'm I'm kind of rooting for Notre Dame in this one. Just I know a lot of people don't like Notre Dame, but I'd I'd like to see Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame more than Ohio State. State. I really don't like Notre Dame either, but Notre Dame more than Ohio State. The same here. So I'm I'm rooting for Notre Dame, but this is going to be one of those games, them and then the Hawkeye game, they're all at the same time. So I'm planning on being at home, and I'm going to have to do what I did the first week where I'm going to have my living room TV on one game and my kitchen on the other. I'm going to be going back and forth between plays. (laughs) Yeah, that's. I I wish they weren't at the same time, but they are. Yeah, yeah, and that's – well, and and if you're, you know, NBC and Notre Dame, you got to have that on at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. I mean that game you have to. That's that's why NBC's paying that money for for Notre Dame. It's when they play Michigan, when they play Ohio, you know, Ohio State, when they play USC, you know, they don't care that much when they play Navy or Army, you know. Yeah, yeah play- you get you get about four big games a year right. or whatever, Notre Dame. Real, I mean real big games for for yeah. TV market. And this is this is probably as big as one I can remember in a while. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing one off the top of my head. But Georgia went up there. Some... Georgia went up there not too yeah. long ago, and and that was a they big deal. Tough. Yeah, Georgia had not been north of the Mason Dixon line like 20 some years. <laughs> You're right about that. You're right. And I think I think Notre and Dame Florida State. Tough now. Oh yeah, yeah, and Notre and Florida State. You know, obviously USC is or uh, Notre Dame essentially being part of the ACC has played mm-hmm. Florida State again now. Now, Florida State hasn't been what they are this year. I think Florida State's pretty good. Yeah, Florida State does seem to be to be really good. And that, you know, just again, we've talked about it. This year looks to be a year that could be different. We could get some new teams in there or, or some logos that we haven't – logos right. and uh, college teams that we haven't seen in a while. So a little bit of breath of fresh air in college football right now. Yeah, it seems I'm like. pretty sure we talked about it last year, but it, it definitely could be Florida State, Texas, USC – as three of those teams and then Georgia. Now they're all big names. The TV networks would still love it, but those three teams uh, are all new. Yeah. Maybe we can get a USC, Texas rematch. Caleb Williams versus Quinn Ewers or something. That would, that'd be pretty fun, but still a lot of season left, but this, this college season with all the parody in the top 25, and then you add in Dion at Colorado, it's been a fun college start to the college season, in my opinion. One of the funner ones I can remember in a long time. You know, just to get back for Dion, another thing, you know, and it's just one of those, I'm old, I understand that, but like watching 60 minutes Sunday after the NFL games, I was just, I always watched the NFL game and then left it on and watched it growing up because my parents mm-hmm. watched it or I was at my grandparents' house and they watched 60 minutes every week. And Dion was on that for the second time in two years. I mean, he he's, and I watched it. I, I I did too, and just for him to have all that attention on him, and so that game had both ESPN and Fox at it. You know, sixty minutes, so CBS, so all three stations on it, and for them to come back and win that football game, I mean, that just is un. I mean, he couldn't have scripted it any better. No, it, there was a lot of, like you said, a lot of attention, probably too much. Uh, most likely too much um, as we know a lot of media attention can be rough but Dion Dion's taking most of it on his shoulders yep it's, but from my understanding though once the cameras are off and the practice is going on in team meetings it's a totally different world Dion's doing his thing in front of the camera for recruiting uh, to take the pressure there, off some of the players he has a persona prime but when he's not on camera when he's Dion, he's a normal person. 
but on mm-hmm. camera in front of everybody, prime time, prime. That's his stick. Yeah. But they and say when, when he's off camera, he's just a you know, really good person, really good everything. But you know, like just you know, he puts that hat on, puts the shades on. That's his deal. It's almost like you remember the old uh, movie Over the Top where Sylvester Stallone turns his hat on backwards and does the old arm wrestling deal. I don't mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah. It's a switch. It's it. a switch. Yep. It's a switch. And and, and, and and there are people that he needs that and wants that and everything. And that's really, really good. One last thing on that Colorado, Colorado State game, that hit to Travis Hunter. Um, You know, obviously you got the unsportsmanlike conduct. 15-yard unnecessary roughness, whatever you want to call it, which is fine. That is what is wrong with college football, the rule. So he is not kicked out for that, which is fine. But someone that does not mean to, but acts, but hits a guy in the head, gone for the rest of that game and some of the next game. And that's where I just, I hate that rule in college football. That hit was way dirtier than 99% of the targeting penalties that are called in college football. And those guys are kicked out and this guy wasn't. Now, I don't think any, I don't think any of the targeting should get kicked out. They should be the 15 yard penalty. Even if you wanted to make it a 30 yard penalty, like just absolutely kill them with a penalty. That's fine. I just don't think kicking out unless you, I mean, there are the true spearing where you can see the kid lowers his, his head and then he's gone. That's fine. But most of the targeting penalties in college football, that is not the case. It is, they have to go review it. They have to go question it. And then by the letter of the law, is it? Yes. What do you think about that rule and how that uh, sh- maybe should be done? Yeah, it was, you know, you could tell it was a dirty hit. The, the kid yeah. probably had it planned. Um, oh, yeah. And, and Dion came out today. I don't know yep. if you saw it. You probably did. And I thought yep. Dion did. Yeah, he's job. getting so, death threats. It's that. Yes. Yeah. And Dion pretty much squashed it pretty quickly yeah. and said, yeah, the, the kid played a hell of a game. Whether you think it was dirty or not, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, whatever. We've moved on. Uh, quit making death threats. But, yeah, it, it's a tough one because everything you just said, I yeah, I mostly agree with. It's, you know, now somebody pulls off somebody's helmet and starts beating them or, you know, kicking oh. someone on the ground. That's different. Yeah, that's fighting. Course. That's a different yeah, that's, yeah. that's Yeah, that's fighting. We, we understand that. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I don't love it either. Kind of like what you said. I'm, I'm kind of on board with you on that. But, you know, as far as that specific play, you could tell maybe the kid had it planned. Or maybe some of the defensive backs had it planned, but people people won't like to bit hear of, that. And, and a little bit of his gamesmanship, they were going to make him think yeah. about. I mean, now obviously he did not mean to lacerate his kidney, or you know, no, I mean, that's, no, that's and that happens. And and you know, speaking of injuries, we can kind of go ahead and get on into that with the NFL here. Um, Nick Chubb uh, with a, a bad knee injury again, much like he had in when he was at Georgia. Uh, for a second time, that same knee essentially just bends. Or it goes the wrong way. Almost a little bit shocking. It doesn't happen more with the speed and, you know, the planting and the hitting. And I probably said this before on this, but a very similar type play. Iowa State was playing at Missouri. I was on the sideline. Kirk Farmer was the quarterback scrambling to the right, planted probably five yards in front of me. And one of our D linemen, you know, hit him right below the knee 
above the ankle and, you know, broke his leg. It actually was way better. I hate to say this, but a way better injury essentially broke his leg, right. you know, um, and it looked like he had two knees, you know, it came out of the skin, you know, broke the skin, everything. But, you know, just one of those he planted and got hit at the same time, much like the play with Nick Chubb. Uh, almost surprised it doesn't happen more. But the timing has to be just right, and it sucks. It's part of the game. And the real sad part is Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, part of that Zoom call about running backs and everything, and now they're both hurt. And that is one of the reasons they don't get paid. Yeah, it's one of the reasons they don't get paid. Uh, like you said, did you actually watch the video of the injury or the yeah. the angle that's not – yeah, it, it's an ugly one. It reminds yep. me of the Willis McGahee. Yep, a lot Shashi like the Willis McGahee. Yep. A little bit different angle, but basically the same same concept. Um, and I and I don't know what it is, but, you know, 90s, early 2000s, LT, Priest Holmes, Marshall Falk, Edron James, Sean Alexander, didn't, they seemed like these guys played forever and they never missed a beat. Uh, yeah, they missed they missed some games, but not compared to the running backs nowadays. And I don't know what I, I don't know why. Are our guys just going low more often? Is that the answer? Is it the field turf? Is it a combination? But these these running backs, and, and this is a significant injury. This is an outlier, sort of right. The ACLs and everything. But I remember when I was younger, these running backs, we, we had 10, 15 great running backs in the league at a time, yeah. minimum. And now we have great running backs, but they all get hurt. It seems like and I, I don't know what the don't rhyme know. or reason is. Um, could just be a coincidence. It could be the way <laughs> defensive players are tackling now. It could be the guys are bigger, faster, stronger. Maybe they're. I I don't know, but I, I don't have the answer. It just seems a little. It seems weird that we don't have a Adrian Peterson in the league anymore, or a LT or Marshall Falk. I mean, we do have. We do have Henry, but he's kind of an outlier. Right. Like Adrian Peterson is a much more like Henry. Big guy. He's big. But LT and Marshall Falk were not big. They were kind of little scatbacks almost. But yet they carry the load. They got a ball. They got the ball 20 times a game. We don't have anybody that gets the ball 20 times a game. Oh, it's a 20 was about minimum for some yeah. games. They got yeah. 30 plus a lot of games, you know. So I, I don't know what I, – I don't have the answer off the top of my head. But, yeah, that, that was – that was a tough one to watch. And by all accounts, Nick Chubb is a, you know, all the cliche things, upstanding guy and everybody loves him, runs hard. And I was texting some of my coworkers last or Monday night, I should say about it. And like, do you think he's going to be back this season? I said, I don't think he's going to be back next year. Yeah. it's. A, it's I, a I don't know one. if he plays next year. And then, I, you know, kind of, I saw this today on, on Twitter or whatever is Monday night football cursed last three Monday nights. <laughs> Demar Hamlin, Aaron Rodgers, and Nick Chubb. Yeah, who's I, I got? I'm, I got it pulled up right now. Who plays Monday night? This uh, we got. Uh, we we got two more games again on Monday night. So, do you know why that is? That there's a couple times a year where they do that. Well, I, it's so I don't have the numbers in front of me. It feels like they're doing it more this year. And what you just brought up about ten minutes ago about uh, live sports and football overtaking. Uh, shows because of the rider strike. I wonder if the NFL is testing this out because of the rider strike and all that. Yeah, because I know the, an extra prime you know, time game, but yeah, the, the Monday night games have moved from ESPN to ABC for the rest of the year. Yeah, so I don't know. It looks like they're going to do it the first 
they're definitely doing it this next coming week. And then it looks like uh, week four that comes to an end, at least for one week. But the, the NFL is testing some stuff out. And maybe they're just taking advantage of the rider strike, like you said. They know they can get another primetime game in there, spread out an hour different, and, you know, bring in those dollars like they like to do. <laughs> they, they it's smart on their part if that's, you know, it's probably yeah. something simple like that where they know that they can draw in a bunch of extra fans and viewers and get those uh, get those commercials out there and mm-hmm. break in those dollars. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back with the second half here in just a second. Sounds good. If you want the new Morgan you asked for koozie delivered to your mailbox, please give us a five-star rating and review on your podcast player. Screenshot the picture of it and email it to me. The email address is podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. All right. Uh, welcome back here to the second half of Morgan You Asked For podcast. Trevor and Ryan here. Uh, kind of continuing um, the NFL talk. Uh, you know, we kind of number one on our list here was the Chubb injury. We kind of talked about that. Anything else you want to talk about that, Trev? No, just another good player that we're not going to get to see. But yeah. I, I know next on the list, we have the Giants come back at Arizona. I don't know if you watched any of that. I'm sure you saw the highlights or, you know. Saw the highlights. I did not watch it. No. But Yeah, so I, I – <laughs> the Giants, I don't know what to make of the Giants. They uh, – for through six quarters of the NFL season, <laughs> they were down 60-0. to zero, Right. And then they come back with that amazing comeback. I have no idea what to make of this team. Uh, I feel like the first game was an outlier. I feel like this comeback win is an outlier. I feel like they're somewhere in the middle, but I, I don't know. Maybe they're really bad. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they're decent. Because Arizona's bad. They played tough the first two weeks, but I, I agree they're bad. They, they're most likely going to have the first pick. I don't know. The Bears are going to make a run. Well, we're going to get in the Bears here uh, very quickly uh, after one more topic, yeah. which whatever, we can yeah. flip it. But Arizona's actually covered the spread, I think, the first two weeks. So they're uh, – like I said, tanking always sounds easy, but you got 53 guys out there trying to play for contracts right. and jobs. The uh, the Cardinals are – I'm not saying they're great, but they're uh, they're not the pushover that maybe we thought they would be. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, the Giants, that comeback was was good. And, yeah, that, that 60 to nothing after six quarters was not good. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like it. I, I post on the website that I'm on, like I said, since, I've been, since junior high and – I, I don't know if a team's ever been down in modern football 60 to nothing through six quarters or not scored a point, I should yeah. say. That's the biggest thing, not scored a point. I have no idea what to make of the Giants. They're, they're The Giants are just chaos. It seems like they always are. I have no idea what to make of the team. I thought they'd be a little better this year. They could be terrible. They could be right in the middle. I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, we're going to find out tomorrow night, though, because they are playing in San Francisco, which is a tough task. So, yeah. I think if they, you know, if they lose by a wide wide margin tomorrow night, I know it's a short week, but if they get rolled just like they did kind of against the Cowboys, then I think we kind of know what the Giants are, which is probably a, a non-playoff team in the NFC. Right. Yeah, because that'd be, you know, two of the favorites in the NFC, which probably you would say they're the two favorites right now in the NFC through two weeks. And if they get rolled again, so they're just not at that level yet. <laughs> excuse me there um a bunch of 0 and two teams um we talked about it before 
It's a hard comeback. It can be done. Hard comeback when you're down 0-2. Um, some surprise 0-2 teams. Some teams not surprising. Some teams surprising on how they are. Um, not surprising. Cardinals, Bears, things like that. Very surprising. Bengals haven't looked good. Um, Chargers look really good on offense. Scored a lot of points. We've talked about this before. That coach has got to be done, fired soon. Uh, he's he's on a short leash. I mean, this game, the 0-2 teams you brought up, I mean, I think there's eight or nine. I think there's nine yeah. teams that are 0-2. But the real surprises are obviously the Bengals and the Chargers and the Vikings. Right. Those are the surprise ones. The Broncos and Pats are sim, sim, semi-surprising. The Broncos had two home games, and I think the Pats did too. So you'd expect both of them to at least go one and one, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, the other teams are just not good, so they're not really surprising. But um, the, the Chargers play at the Vikings this week. One of those teams are going to be on three. And if it is the Chargers, I, I don't think they'd make a move after week three. But I'd, I mean, maybe they would. But th- this is whatever team loses this game is essentially out of the playoffs. I mean, 0 3 is. It's not impossible, I don't think. I could be wrong off the top of my head if it's ever happened before. I, I think it's happened sometimes, but whoever loses this game is in some real hot water. Yeah, because you got to go, you're going to have to go like 10 and 4 the rest of the way. Yeah. yeah Just to have a real way. chance. I mean, and maybe 9 a- and 8. Yeah. And the AFC for sure. Well, and actually, the NFC, the records are a little better than we thought. Now that doesn't mean they're they're on part of the FC, but that's that's typical NFL. You think one conference is going to be way better? It's they're all NFL teams, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with these Chargers. It's it's pretty disappointing because they they spend the most money on defense cap wise of being a team in the NFL. And I think under Brandon Staley, through two seasons and two games, they have the worst overall defense under him. So not a good look. He's getting steppy with the media. Players are coming out and talking. Um, I don't know if the Spanos family will fire him early or even mid-season, but it, it's going to get ugly. It's, it's going to get more ugly, I think, for the Chargers if they lose this game compared to the Vikings. Right. Vikings are a second-year guy. And Kirk Cousins on the last year of his contract. Right. Yeah, Let's get through this year, and we'll move on and do our business. Yeah, I think the fan base kind of understands if, if the Vikings need to get a top-10 draft pick, they know they're going to get one of the <coughs> – have a chance of one of the better quarterbacks coming out, which would be a reset. Get rid of Cousins and, and all that. But yeah, this the someone too is it's you know the the Broncos are are playing at Miami uh, down there in South Florida early early in the season. That's going to be a tough one. There's there's some people thinking that Russ could get benched sooner than later. And real quick on the Broncos, I mean they've just being out here, they they've looked pretty good in the first half actually of their yeah. games second half they fall at the map so i i don't know what that is i don't know if that means russ just stinks or if it's just a culture change or what but um we, we talked about before the season things could get real ugly in in denver because they owe Russ a lot of money yeah they do all right next on our thing is the, the bears future and i'll be honest the bears future is not good well, do you see their defensive coordinator well, resign? Yeah, defensive ago? coordinator's done. Quarterback's calling out the coaching staff. 
for his bad play. Um, apparently, just, Peanut time, Tillman time, is an FBI. Apparently, uh, Peanut is an FBI agent, and apparently, uh, somebody within the Bears organization got raided by the FBI. Now, that, what I've read, what I've read, that that's mostly all just made up rumors. But I also did read that I think Peanut Tillman is actually an FBI agent. What? I think he I think he went into the FBI. We may have talked about this a couple of years ago. I can't remember. I got deja vu going on. Anyway, there's a lot of rumors. It's mostly I would assume it's 90 to 99% all rumors around the Bears with this drama stuff. But but there's a lot going on with the Bears, which isn't good because Fields has looked terrible. I mean, him awful. Awful. And there's no other way to put it. I mean I thought he took he took a big step back, not forward. Yeah, and again, I heard, and I think I said this before the season even started in our pregame that people have been in practice that he just misses people, and he doesn't even throw it to people now. Like they're running down the middle of the field, wide open, and he doesn't throw it to them. He just holds on to the ball. He doesn't even make a decision. He doesn't even take off and run. Yeah, he just stands there and gets sacked. So I, yeah, it, it's looking like that's. I mean, and they have to go play at Kansas City, I think, this week. Yeah. That's Kansas City has a maybe looking like one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah. Their which, offense is the question, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I assume they're gonna get that fixed. But the Bears, the Bears future, real quick. Um, I think as of right now, I looked at the there's a if you go to Google, there's Tankathon website is <laughs> so you can keep track of the the draft order uh based on especially right now early in the season on the winning percentage, it's going to change dramatically as the year goes on, as we know. But right now, I think the Bears have the number two and number nine pick. So most likely they get Drake May. Right. You know, if they really want to trade up with Arizona, if Arizona wanted to stay with Caleb, or uh, excuse me, Tyler. We we, dra- we drafted a North Carolina quarterback once. He didn't do well either. Actually, he yeah. did. I shouldn't say that. He did better than we've done. He, he got us 13 and four. Do you see the stats between him and Fields? Uh-uh. The stats are actually a little bit better than Justin Fields over uh-huh. there. Yeah. First, whatever, 50 or 40 starts or whatever the hell it is. They had a whole lot more wins. Justin Fields is 5 and 23, 5 and 22. Yeah. Some of that does fall in the quarterback. Um, you, you, eventually, you are kind of what your record is. I mean, right. So Fields has all the. And it's on two coaching staffs. I mean, he, he was drafted by the old coaching staff. So it's not just this guy. So the, the Bears' future, it could go bad this year, but you could luck out and maybe end up with a legit franchise quarterback and then maybe another top-end player. But I think as of right now, the Bears are projected to pick two for their own and then number nine for, for Carolina. So the Bears could be looking at uh, two top ten picks going into next year's draft. Which... Now, there are a lot of people saying they messed up this last draft by not picking number one. I won't go that way because I don't know if Bryce Young's the guy either. And I think Caleb Williams, Drake May have a much better upside. So if they they somehow get first or second pick this year, you can draft the guy, move on from fields, and go with it. 100%. I'd rather have a top two pick in this upcoming draft than this past one with, without question. I, I think I'll say it right now, Caleb Williams to me is not the best college quarterback ever or prospect ever, but to me he's – He's the best NFL prospect I've ever seen at the position. I think Caleb Williams comes in in his rookie year, depending where he goes, of course, on the team. I think he flirts with top 10 his rookie season. 
he, he's the best I've ever seen play the position in college, I think, as far as translating to the NFL, which I know that's kind of a big statement, but I'll stand by it. I've been wrong before. Yep, I but hear you. The point yeah, being, you for the Bears, though, is I'd rather pick in the top two of this upcoming draft than this past year's draft. Right, and, and that was – so I think they made the right decision in trading down and getting – you know, and that offensive lineman they took has been good. So I mean, you know. So, but yeah, the Bears—they've got DJ Moore, and they've—they've they've got some okay players. If right. they have a quarterback, they can just give them the ball. <coughs> yeah, it's just—I mean, they show some highlights where they're at the like thirty-yard line, and he just sits there with the ball, and there's a guy running right down the middle of the field, wide open. I mean, it's just—it's bad. You probably saw the same one I did. I yep. mean, it's. He's gotten worse, not better, and I didn't didn't expect that. But he's, you know, it's only two games, but through two games, it's about as bad as could be expected. So they they've got to turn around in a hurry there in Chicago, and well, then are, then he's throwing the coaching already, staff under the butt. I mean, that's the other thing is own it a little bit, and you know, you can you can think and believe all you want privately, you know, but just out in public, you don't say that kind of stuff. I mean, no, you can, you behind closed doors, going to the head coach's office, going to the old coordinator. Hey, you guys got to help me. It ain't working. Whatever. That's fine. They're all grown men. They all get paid a lot of money. But you can't go to the media and do that. No, no, not, not in today's, not in today's world. Cause anything you say to the media, that's anything like that. They're going to take it and run with it. Even if you didn't mean to, or whatever, you just, you can't do it. Um, He's got no better than that. He's not a rookie. He's been in the league now for a long time. So that that was just another error on his part. So yeah, it's it's looking well, like he's and you know he's been in the spotlight since he was Ohio State. You know, so he knows what the media. I mean, it wasn't like he played at South Florida and went to the pros and all of a sudden had a bunch of media around him. He had media around him from the time he was at Ohio State. Yeah, he 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 knows. He's been trained. They're trained in college. At the big programs, uh, they're especially trained in the NFL. So it was an, just it was just another slip up and mistake on his part, and it just continues to be the case there in Chicago. So people are asking, you know, we we talked about this a week or two ago. Would you fire the GM and the coach, or would you get rid of the quarterback? I'd say you clean house, at least coach and quarterback to me, and I'd give Jim Harbaugh a call. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the GM. This is his – he hired the coach, but he did not draft Fields. So you can't put Fields on him yet, trying to make the best. So if you get rid of Fields – If they get up the number one pick, if you can get Caleb Williams, do you give Jim Harbaugh a call and say, hey – and you get Caleb on the phone and say, hey, you guys could be a, a match made in heaven type of deal. That could be – that could be – I mean, it's wishful thinking. I understand that. But right, maybe that could change the Bears' fortune finally. You got to make the call. If if he think if you think he can do it, you know. And like we talked about, that three game suspension or whatever Harbaugh had to serve for, whatever it was, buying cheeseburgers and not a lot of happy essentially, essentially, yeah. essentially lying. Really, he didn't get in trouble for actually buying it. I mean, he just lied about it. He lied about it, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is dumb too. But, uh yeah. I mean, I think the NFL looks especially if they would get to the playoff again this year and not win it, or maybe they do win it and you go, I don't, you just don't know what he wants to do. You know, he's a weird dude. 
and you he see runs like, around. Yeah. Do you see what he was doing on his, you know, he held the chains at his son's football game. He was mowing the yard. He went out to eat. I mean, just, just, as, he's a weird dude. He's like, he's like the everyday dorky dad that yeah. gets paid like $5 million a year, or whatever the hell he gets paid. Yeah. To yeah, was an NFL quarterback. I mean, you know, he's made all kinds of money, you know, not obviously today's money in the NFL, but started for a lot of the years in the NFL, you know, probably seven, eight year starter. And I don't know, probably 10 or 12 year career in the NFL. And, coached and yeah he's the he's the dorky dad that yeah has the the great job that everybody wants but he doesn't right. show it off and right. yeah I, I i think harbaugh will entertain a few jobs and you almost wonder if sean payton is regretting taking the broncos job now after seeing what's going on in uh with the chargers who could get the first pick for caleb williams you almost wonder if sean payton regretting yeah. waiting waiting one more year yeah. But it's tough. I mean, he's he's older and, you know, saying wait one more year is easy. But, you know, when you get older, a year is a long time to just right. sit and do something you don't want to do. But it's it's funny how, you know, these storylines all progress. And I don't know, it, it's interesting The bit the Bears, they might sink right now, but they have a chance to be really good. But as you always like to say, the Bears will find out a way to screw it up. <laughs> it's I've lived it for too long. Been to one Super Bowl since '85. Yeah, and they, they they've had some good teams. It's just I don't know. It, we haven't had a good. It, it, I mean, that's no. Like, we're just horrible at. Jay Cutler is the best, really. They probably had, yeah. and and he was a sketchy head kick, not a head case, but just a weird he's guy. A weird, he's but, a weird guy yeah. too. You know, actually, I would say is is Jim Harbaugh. You know, just a little bit awkward and weird a little bit on the same lines as like Aaron Rodgers, you know, just they, they beat to their own drum, you know, they're going to do things their way. They don't care what anybody else thinks, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is way more out there. I mean, in in a, in a liberal sense, you know, per se, but just, you know, they don't care what anybody else thinks they're doing it their way. Well, Rodgers told, uh, Overman to go get his fifth booster. Yeah. I kind of like that. <laughs> no, but you're you're kind of right. I mean, Roger, you feel like if Rodgers and Harbaugh were sitting in the living room together one night, yeah. having beers, watching the Sunday night show or whatever, that conversation would be amazing. They're probably they're probably like a lot of ways where they don't trust the media. Yeah, they think they're all full of you know what. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if you follow Dave Portner at all. Yeah, social media, but he he uploaded a video today on like. X or whatever and YouTube where apparently someone from the Washington Post sent an email about him to all the sponsors that accusing him of things. So he he just picks up the phone and calls a reporter up and reporter answers like, hey, I'm recording you, by the way, and just starts going off. And it's like, he's like, yeah, no wonder nobody trusts the media no more. Yeah. Because you're all kind of snakes in a way. So it was funny. But yeah, I, I could see uh, I could see Rogers and Harbaugh having a good time having some beers sitting around the couch. I don't know if Harbaugh is going to participate in any of the drugs that Aaron Rodgers is doing per se, but I think they'd have a good conversation on the other stuff. Yep. I agree. So, all right. um, What was the next thing on our list? Sorry. Lost it here. All right. Your, your dark horse. You love these MVP bets. These are right (laughs) up your alley. 
we didn't even talk about before the season though, which yeah. we should have. Um, I did bet uh, I bet Micah Parsons a couple nights ago, sixty-five to one to win the MVP. Is is, is he, he's the best player in the NFL right now? So I bet it at sixty-five to one two days ago. He's down to thirty-five to one right now, which tells me I made a bad bet. And listen, anytime you bet against a quarterback, you're basically throwing money down the drain. So I understand right. that. But a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL are not they're not putting up godly stats like they typically do. Burrow's out of it almost. Burrow's his first two weeks, he's crapped the bed stat wise. Right. And he's hurt. But I'm just talking MVP. He's he good chance he misses this game this week. So if that happens, he's basically out. Uh, Mahomes has a whole new receiving core. And I it's not against the Chiefs or Mahomes. I think they're gonna be the number one seed and probably win the Super Bowl, but his stats might not be right. great. Jalen Hurts isn't putting up great stats, neither is Trevor Lawrence. Um, Tua is putting up pretty good numbers, but he gets he has an injury history. Yep. So I guess if there's a year that maybe you could bet on someone else, you know, Micah Parsons is one to look at. I think Christian McCaffrey at 55 to 1 is maybe worth, you know, five or ten bucks. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 50 to 1. I'd like to place a bet on him, but I know the media probably wouldn't vote on him because of his past history. But if you're really looking for value, you know, <laughs> oh, as much as I hate to say it, you know, Dak at 15 to 1, they're probably, they have a good chance to be the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. He's got that blue, they look he's got good. That blue star on his helmet. 15 to 1 might not be bad. And I, I think Josh Allen at 8 to 1 right now. I was hoping he'd be more nine or ten to one or nine and a half. But Josh, Josh Allen might be a time to buy on him because I, I don't know if Mahomes is going to have the statistical season that it takes to win MVP. He still might be the best quarterback in the league, right? But MVP is about stats and wins. We we know how that works. Right. It's not always about who deserves it the most. So I don't know. I like I said, I bet Micah Parsons at 65 to one. Two days later, he's down to 35 to one. I almost texted you and Zach and Tass and Cody the other night. I'm like, better get your money in now. And all, all of a sudden it's down to 35 to one. I, I know that's probably throwing money down the drain, but it, it makes for, if you have a couple of those bets in there, something to root for throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, he's played, I mean, through two weeks. I mean, he's, he gets his hands and his quickness and his speed. He just disrupts everything. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's a scary player. I mean, you can you can tell the offense linemen are terrified of him. I mean, it's yeah. it's literally the LT effect, and, and that's and, not exaggerating because I I don't like to give Dallas any props, but it's to the effect of Lawrence Taylor. Right. I mean, that, and that's what they were saying on TV is you know they really didn't you know no one's Lawrence Taylor, but he's as close to Lawrence Taylor as as we have since Lawrence Taylor. You know, and people people forget him a little bit because he didn't play that last year at Penn State. Um, because I think that was a COVID season. He just didn't play. Mm -hmm. He chose to sit, and obviously it was a good good decision on them. I'm a little surprised that doesn't happen a little bit more on a certain people. Now, obviously, COVID was a little bit different circumstance, but you know, like a Caleb Williams, like this year. What if he just said, "I'm not playing." Would he have still been a top five pick? He might not have been the number one pick. Would he still been a top five pick? Probably. When is that going to start happening? Well, I mean, it's it already kind of is in a way. 
especially with the NIL money. Right. You know, and this will get to maybe get a little sidetracked here, but, you know, Caleb Williams and his dad came out and said, maybe we'll stay in college another year if we don't like the team that's picking number one, which I think was a shot at the Cardinals. I think everybody kind of knows that. And a lot of people get upset by that and saying, well, you, you need to go where you're drafted. Well, yes, but that, you're also – That's you nothing new. Eli Manning, Eli, John John Elway, John Elway. Bo, uh, um, Bo Jackson, all those guys didn't like where they were drafted and did things and went and played baseball or demanded yeah. a trade. I mean, it's that's not new. No, it's not new. And if if you have a chance to take control of your career and your life, you should do it. And I see a lot of people comment, well, they're going to get paid a lot of money. They should go where they go. I get that. But if you also have the power in the hand to play the other hand, you should do it. If you want, it's your life, it's your career. So if you want to say, Hey, I'm going to pull an Eli Manning quote unquote, and the Cardinals draft me, but I want to be traded to Denver or Las Vegas, you know, play your hand. Yeah. You know, it's on you. I mean, if it blows up, it's in your face. If it works out, it's in your face. I mean, right. Cause he's, he's on national, you know, obviously being the Heisman trophy winner. So he's in the, that commercial. So he's getting paid for that, just like all those other Heisman Trophy winners. And you only get that if you're a Heisman Trophy, and he happened to be coming back, so he's able to do that, which is fine. Bryce Young did it last year, you know, and then, you know, he has a Dr. Pet. Pe- essentially, he's doing the same thing Bryce Young did the year before. He's got those same commercials. You know, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's able to come back a year, so he gets those commercials. And so he's not just getting your local, you know, I'm sure that Dr. Pepper spot's pretty good. You know, obviously... You know, the Heisman House one, I'm sure it's not bad, but I'm sure that one isn't – he's not getting rich, rich off that one. But then I'm sure he has some local ones out at USC. And, you know, if he's not getting a couple million a year just to play, you know, it's supposed to be NIL, but it's pay to play. If he's not getting a couple million a year just from the USC NIL group, I'd be shocked. So he's making a decent salary this year. And then, you know – What's to say, hey, USC, if you can get me to $7 million next year, I'll come back. I mean, what's play that hand too? Play both sides of it. Absolutely. USC, it's, Will, yeah. Fer- Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg will pony up some money. I mean, they got, I mean. I bet they would. I, I mean, in USC, I bet Fox Sports. Well, I don't know if Fox Sports could. That'd probably be a conflict of interest. But there'd probably be plenty of people with money that would yeah. be willing to donate to the cause, sort of speak. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, what's this? I mean, I think I was going to be in that position with Caitlin Clark. Hey, do you want me to come back for one more year? I need this much money. Now it's not going to be like seven, eight million, but I mean, I would assume she's making over a million. Hey, if you can get me to two and a half million for next year, I'll come back one more year. Mm. There's, there's enough people in Iowa that'll pay that. You know, well, even that's if, more you don't even making in the... Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's interesting. I mean, it NIL is going to change some stuff. So I have no problem with with these kids trying to take advantage and play their hand, as I said. Um, you know, it's your career, it's your life. Do what's best for you. But Shadur Sanders was another one that Joel Klatt talked about. He's like, I think he can make close to 10 million or more if he came back next year at Colorado. Yeah. You know, $10 million to come back and play for dad, one of your best friends, probably have a good season. And this upcoming draft, he he wouldn't be the number one pick. It's 
going to be Caleb Williams. Right. But if he waits the following year, he'd probably be the number one pick, come back to college, make 10 million, give or take, wait one more year, and then be the number one overall pick in the following draft. I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna right. cause and then kids here and there then, to stay and then hit him in general. Money's not an issue, you know, because obviously his dad's Dion. But right, that changes things a little bit, of course. Right, he's he's not coming from the slums right. like a lot of these kids are, where they do have to make a decision. Right, do I need to go right now and then try to get a yeah? It, if, it, if, his, if his career lasts one less year in the NFL for that pension, that doesn't change his life. His dad's no, already no, changed. Be, his dad's already changed his life. Yeah, he's he's going to be perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, and that's just circumstances. Everybody has different ones, and his is he's got a good lot in life, but he's got to do it himself too, and got to make a little bit of a name for himself. And his dad and his other brother and everything are doing all that for you know, and and that's the thing. I mean, you couldn't have scripted that Colorado thing any better. You know, he drives him down. His brother has a pick sit. I mean, you can't draw it up any better. No, they both made huge plays in the game. I mean, it's having that Sanders name on the back is there's some pressure with that. Oh, yeah. And they've lived up to it so far. Yeah. So, all right. Um, your bets, your your spread oh, yeah. picks. Yeah, spread picks. Uh, last week went three and two. So, finally uh, got back on the winning side. I'm five and eight on the year. Like I said, probably bet too many. First two weeks, I should just take off, but can't do it. It's boring. Nope. Who wants to be boring, right? Right. So going into this, uh, into week three, I've got seven. As you can imagine, I, I can't help myself. Uh, we'll, we'll get on the line here. I'm going to take Colts plus seven and a half at Baltimore. Uh, Colts have been playing better than I thought they would. Baltimore's had some injuries. So I think seven and a half, I'm going to take the hook there with the, uh, with the Colts. Falcons, I did find them plus three and a half. It was tough. I found on MGM. At Detroit, so I'm going to take the hook there with a three and a half. I think they're going to be able to run the ball in Detroit. I, I think Detroit gets the win, but uh, Falcons have been running the ball pretty well. Titans, uh, this one was pretty surprising. They're plus three and a half on the road at at the Browns. I, I think the Browns' season is n- – n- I'm not even talking about the Chubb injury. I, I think Deshaun Watson can barely play in this league right now. I think he's got some mental stuff going on. We talked about before the season with the quarterback list. Um, I, I just I don't know if Deshaun's ever going to be really good again. He's a starter in the league, obviously, right? But he he looks like a bottom ten or five guy, and I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. He's owed so a I'm, lot of money. He well he he's had the public scrutiny. He's has all this money coming into his bank. You just wonder how that affects a guy's mental state, right? I don't I don't think I'd see anything crazy. I, to question. I did see this is weird to me, and and I know they do this, but. The NFL did change their policy where it was checks over 18 weeks. Think about that. Some of those guys get paid like $50 million a year, and you only get paid over 18 weeks. Those are big checks. But they did go to 30, I think 30 or 36, I saw. So they did spread it out a lot more. But how about I did you not get, see that. That's interesting. But how about you get $50 million divided by 18? That's a big check every week. I would take fifty million divided by two hundred checks, whatever that is. I don't even know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or two thousand weeks. What yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 It's you're you're right. It's interesting. I, I just this Brown team, I, I don't know. I feel like the Browns have always been a bad organization. They made a bad contract. 
Deshaun looks like he's just – he doesn't look like the same player. So I'm going to take the Titans plus three and a half uh, there for my third pick. Uh, the fourth one, I am going to take the Vikings plus one at home. Both co- uh, both these teams, I mean, they got to win this game. Yep. Yeah, that, that's what makes this game interesting is both teams have to have it. Mm-hmm. And with the drama coming out of San Diego with the players questioning the coaching staff, Brandon Staley kind of getting snippy with the media. I haven't seen that out of the Vikings. Maybe it has happened. I just haven't seen it. So I am going to take the Vikings plus one at home. I think Kirk Cousins gets it done. The Chargers defense has been really bad. Steelers plus two and a half at Vegas. The Steelers are basically the Hawkeyes in the NFL. I mean, you can't watch them play offense. No, score two defensive touchdowns. It's Oh, it's ugly. I mean, it's a tough watch because I, I think they have good receivers and tight ends. Like, I truly believe that. But they – and I probably had Kenny Pickett right too high on the list. But regardless, they, they can't move the ball outside of one big play the other night. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i still going to take the Steelers plus two and a half to cover there. And then the two favorites I'm taking, I typically don't do this, but I could see some butt whoopings coming down. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 12 on the road at Arizona. I think Arizona put up two good fights and now reality might start to check in for them. And I think this might be a game where Dak comes out and puts up some pretty good numbers because no one's giving him credit right now. You know, last year, everybody was on his butt about turning the ball over. He hasn't turned it over this year. Right. Now, now everyone's on him. Well, he's not doing enough. It's like, well, what do you want? Pick one <laughs> or the other. So, right. And that's part of being the Dallas quarterback. So I, I think Dallas lays it on him. This one, I almost didn't pick, but, I couldn't help myself. I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs minus 12 against your Bears. Yeah. I think this is the breakout party for the Chiefs offense, at least for one week early in the season. The Bears don't know. It doesn't seem like they know what they're doing with their quarterback. The defense coordinator just resigned. I, it, just, it just seems like some bad time, times ahead for, for the Bears. So I'm going to take two big favorites, which I usually don't do, but uh, five and eight on the year. I need to get out of the hole, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens this week. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to talk about, Trev? No, that's that's really all I got. Uh, you know, seen some uh, Noah Khan coming out with the new tour with some music, and Zach yep. put up some new music yep. today and the other day. And I don't know. Other than that, just like I said, I had a little bit of sickness like you had past weekend. So hope you get to feeling better. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go to bed here right now and i don't blame you and uh all right we'll uh talk to you uh next week trev okay get to feeling better talk to you next week all right see ya thank you for listening to morgan you asked for podcast please like subscribe and rate the podcast on your podcast player to help spread the podcast out to bigger audiences